Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to say thanks so much to our speakers as this is going to be a very special one folks i think it's going to be a very deep and interesting conversation and we want to let you know whether you be a flat earther a glober whether you be a christian atheist republican democrat we are glad you are here we hope you feel welcome and if it's your first time consider hitting that subscribe button as we've got a lot more debates coming up in fact tomorrow we've got two alone including matt dillahunty going against inspiring philosophy on whether or not there are good reasons to believe that God exists. So with that, folks, very excited. Want to let you know both of our speakers, we're very thankful for them and their links are in the description. So if you are listening and you hear and you're like, man, I want more. I need to hear more of this right now. You can by clicking on their link in the description box just below, just on there. So with that, we're going to have Team Skeptic starting today. He's going to be basically making a 10-minute flexible opening statement. And then we will have Nathan making his 10-minute flexible, flexible opening, opening statement. statement. And by flexible, by flexible I, mean I mean 8 to 12, 8 to 12 minutes. minutes. And following that, we'll have open discussion followed by Q&A. So if you do have a question, feel free to fire that question into the live chat. And as always, Super Chats will go to the top of the list. And they also allow you to make a comment. We do ask, given that both of our speakers are doing this completely for free, we do ask, would you please show the most respect you can in your questions or super chats as we are really indebted to have them on this channel. The debaters really are the lifeblood of the channel. And so we really do appreciate them and hope that you can show them that warmth as well. So with that, very excited folks, I'm gonna hand it over to Team Skeptic who is going to make his case. Thanks so much, both of you, for being here. Yes, uh, thank you. Thank you for hosting this. I've said this since finding your channel that I love what you do. I love the fact that you give platforms to ridiculous ideas. Uh, I do believe that the Flat Earth is an absolutely most ridiculous idea in the, in the entire world because we actually walk this planet, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of stupid to believe that. I can see how other people might fall victim to things that are hard to prove by themselves, but at the same time, the earth is something you can prove by yourself. I'll show you how to do it tonight. Um, the first thing I want to do is first say thank you to my sponsor and the people that are, ho that are hosting this event for us, and that's Artistic Encounter. Uh, they are amazing people. They do amazing tattoo work. If you're in Dallas, you definitely got to check them out. Check out some of the artwork on their website, aetattoo.com. Um, and then, of course, I said thank you to James. And uh, uh, Bell Girl, would you come here, please? Okay, so... For tonight's debate, I said that I was gonna go and get me a really nice new shiny. 
Yeah, dinger to use. It's all right. Yeah, so let me un unmask the dinger for you guys so you see it's brand new, fresh, never been dinged before. Okay. So anyway, as we come across ridiculous ideas and expose them for their ridiculousness, we will be hitting the dinger as well. Um, now, let me get my notes for my three different proofs. And I'm going to step off because uh, we pull up the accelerometer video. Now, the accelerometer is something that every phone is built in with. Uh, everybody here has a smartphone, I'm sure. And if you don't, it's unfortunate. But uh, OK, so the accelerometer. OK, the blue line is showing that I have one G of force. Let's drop my phone. Three, two. Uh, on their phone. This is the demonstration right here that I want to show. I'm going to step. Okay, the blue line. Okay, the. All right, in this demonstration. Okay, the blue line is showing that I have one G of force. Let's drop my phone. Three, two. Not accelerating is at one G in the vector of the center of the Earth. Now, in this video, as you see, uh, go ahead and see how it uh, jumped up to zero there. As you see, when the video, when the accelerometer is in free fall, it actually. Okay, the blue line is showing that I have one G acceleration vector that it's basically. Feeling. See how it jumped up to zero there? A, <coughs> what's, excuse me, what's called a test mass. And the test mass, when in an uh, accelerating state, will demonstrate inertial forces. These are what the phone is reading. And in, in its uh, natural state, the accelerometer does read 9.8 meters per second squared uh, directly towards the ground. Uh, give me one second to get my next piece up. Okay, now if you'll go, oh, I'm gonna go back over here. Uh, go to the one called Bubbles. Okay, now this is a practical demonstration. Give it one second before you start it, Stephen. <coughs> okay, this is a practical demonstration that anybody can do at home. Uh, what you can do is this is actually Bubbles in free fall. Uh, when you have Bubbles that are not in, not in free fall, is it loading up? So to get Okay, go ahead. Get rid of that. I'll remove the box altogether and okay, just attach the, the GoPro to the water bottle. You won't be able to see the bubbles course. quite as well, However, but you can still see what's going fall, on. You do, you do and there'll be a lot less wind resistance, so a lot closer to zero G. To Let's see what happens. Really okay, water so bottle drop without dropped, a box. Three, two, one, drop. Hover in place, and this is due to no gravitational vector being felt by the bubbles. All right. Um, go to the next. Also, you'll notice, I want to point out one other thing. You'll notice that when, before the bottle goes into free fall, the bubbles are actually not circular. They're kind of compressed down a little bit. And this is due to the pressure on the bottom side of the bubble being different than the pressure on the top. When dropped, you'll notice that there is no pressure uh, being applied to the bubble. And the bubble actually just forms a sphere. You can go ahead and uh, roll it. Go ahead. Oh, was that it? Okay, yeah, that's it, okay. So the last thing I want to say about gravity, and we'll go to the ciliate loxodus video. I've showed this one before, but I already know that my opponent is going to say, well, you can't use unnatural stuff. You can only use natural observations. So this right here is the ciliate loxodus. It's built with a natural organic accelerometer inside of it. And this is due to the fact that the uh, ciliate loxodus has to know which way is up and down so that it can find the most optimal environment for it to live in. If it gets into an environment that has less oxygen in it, then it knows that it's too deep and it needs to go in the opposite direction of the gravitational vector. So 
This right here is a natural organic accelerometer. So that way when people say, oh, I can't use it because it's not a natural thing. It's programmed, this and that. No, it's not. Uh, that's completely natural right there. Second point, um, curvature. Well, you go to the blink test. And I'm going to go ahead and step back over here again so I can narrate what you're showing. Okay, this test was done by Red's Rhetoric, and this was done in, uh, I believe, Tampa Bay, as in the, the video. It's a test showing two different observations, one from one side of a, of a bay and the other from the other side of the bay, or uh, closer to it. And as you can see, there is a huge something that's blocking all the buildings that are obviously still there and not being able to be seen in the video. The blink test is here is designed to show you that it's not just optical compression, it's not looming, it's not anything else that anybody's going to say it is. It's taken with a Canon P1000, the uh, camera, flat earther camera of choice or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so there's going to be no, it's programmed. Uh, these are optical devices that flat earthers basically live with and live by. Uh, we're going to let this just roll. It's kind of is self-explanatory. Is it playing the audio? No, 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 Okay, as you see, this is from taken from one side of the bay, and you can actually see the horizon, the Tampa Bay horizon, or Tampa Bay on the horizon, I'm sorry. The next picture will be taken from, um, excuse me, the next picture will be taken from a much closer uh, point of view. We'll show the rest of the skyline that's being hidden. And then there's also, it's been shown so that you can compare the tops of the two buildings, that you can eliminate any kind of perspective argument or anything like that. No, the buildings are all lined up. The tops of the buildings are all lined up. But from one point of view, when you're further away, there's a significant portion of the lower half of the buildings that are being blocked by something. And guys, you can say whatever you want it to say, but you know what it is. It's the curvature of the earth. All right, now we'll go to Mr. Bob Noodle. If you'll bring him up, please. This is a demonstration of rotation. Rotation, see, here's the funny thing. Uh, the surface of the earth can be treated as if it's a single frame of reference, okay? So that means that as we, in this single frame of reference, if we have something that's, let's say we put something that's a ballistic missile, we shoot it from the equator. If the earth is not spinning, this missile should stay along the same line. If we, let's say we fire it due north, it should stay due north. We should never see any kind of movement left or right from the missile. Any kind of movement would, would violate Newton's first laws of motion, which say that objects that are in motion will stay in motion and they'll stay in motion at the same rate unless a force is acting upon them. Now here's the thing, the rocket really is still not violating Newton's first law. It's still maintaining a direct flight. It's ballistic. It can't change. It's, it's off the surface of the Earth. It's just traveling in a straight line. But to us on the Earth, since we're rotating, it appears to deflect in the direction of rotation when fired away from the equator. Now, this right here, this will demonstrate uh, a practical demonstration because not everybody has ballistic missiles sitting around nor does anybody have expensive laser or fiber optic gyroscopes, but a flat earther did, did go out and get one for his demonstration to prove that the earth didn't rotate, and this was his result, obviously. You can go ahead and play the audio on this one. Since we everybody loves hearing Bob Noodle's voice so much. No rotation to the earth. One of the people in the community actually purchased one for $20,000. 
But what we found is, is when we turned on that gyroscope, we found that we were picking up a drift, a 15 degree per hour yeah, drift. Go Bob, keep doing experiments like these. Help prove my point daily. All right. Oh, it's done? Okay. So those are my points. Uh, those are irrefutable points. There's not going to be a way of explaining this. I'd love to hear somebody try. Um, somebody who's a little bit more qualified than my opponent, but at the same time, that's what I'm left to deal with at this point. I'll concede my time to the moderator, and he can pass it on over to that guy. Thank you very much, Team Skeptic, for that opening statement. We will now be... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we will now be switching it over to Nathan Thompson, and we, again, appreciate both these speakers being here as we want to give everybody a fair case, case or a fair, or a fair chance, chance to make, to make their case on an equal playing field. So we'll have same thing, flexible opening statement, 8 to 10, 12 minutes. And Nathan Thompson, thanks so much. The floor is all yours. This microphone one second. All right, hopefully you guys can hear me. I want to say thank you to James for inviting me out here uh, to do the debate. I really appreciate that. He flew me in from South Carolina, so much appreciated. Thanks, uh, Team Skeptic, for being here to talk about whether or not the Earth is a tilted cartoon spinning ball or the flat stationary Earth that we all observe. The first point I'd like to go over is does the Earth spin? Now, we're taught in um, mainstream science that the Earth spins 1,039 miles an hour at the equator. Uh, well, there's two problems with that, and that is it would create one of two effects. Either the atmosphere would rotate as a co cohesive body with the Earth, moving with the Earth, or there will be what, what science calls a Coriolis effect, and the atmosphere would move separately from the Earth. Uh, so first I want to go over the atmosphere moving cohesively as one synchronous body. There's a problem with that, and the problem is that Earth's atmosphere would have to increase in velocity the higher you go up. So as an airplane takes off from the ground, it's moving at 1,039 miles an hour, but as it extends its radius from the Earth, it would have to increase in velocity, and that means that all that atmosphere would also have to be increasing in velocity. The problem with that is there's no force that would cause that. Gravity allegedly pulls all things down, not sideways. So I choose to reject this hypothesis because a column of air will not move as one cohesive body as a result of moving your hand back and forth or as a result of the Earth spinning 1,000 miles an hour. And what I mean by that is if I move my notebook left to right in front of my face, all the air above my notebook is not also moving left to right. That's not how fluid dynamics work. So this is also not even what mainstream science teaches. So if anyone tells you that the Earth's atmosphere moves with the Earth, they, one, deny mainstream science, and two, they, they presuppose Earth's movement. And they'll talk about how, well, if you're in a train moving straight and you throw a ball in the air, the ball comes right back down. Yeah, well, if you're in a train that's not moving at all and you throw the ball in the air, it also comes right back down. So not a good argument. Now, this is what science teaches, is that there is an atmospheric blender effect or a Coriolis effect. Uh, what would really happen if the Earth spun, guys? This is an indisputable law of fluid dynamics. What would happen is it would move faster towards the center or the surface of Earth, like a blender, and it would move slower towards the outer regions. 
The problem is we don't observe this either because Earth's atmosphere does not move separately from the Earth. Uh, observe a hot air balloon or a helicopter or drone smoke in the air. Um, airplanes traveling east to west do not have drastic differences in journey times from airplanes traveling west to east. So, as we see here, consequences of a spinning Earth and atmosphere, guys. There would be drastic differences in journey times traveling east as opposed to traveling west if the Earth spun 1,000 miles an hour. I mean, even with a 29 mile an hour crosswind, airplanes have a hard time landing. So, to think that the Earth is moving 1,000 miles an hour when they can barely land at 29 miles an hour is pretty much ridiculous. That's my first argument, is that the Earth doesn't spin, it doesn't work if there is an alleged Coriolis effect, it doesn't work if the atmosphere moves with the Earth. My second argument is that the atmosphere would cease to exist on the heliocentric model because of the second law of thermodynamics. Could the atmosphere even exist without a physical barrier? So, space is allegedly an infinite vacuum, okay? And then we have 19.7, pressure here at sea level, and I'll agree there is a gradient because Earth's atmosphere is what's called a closed dynamic system. The gas in our atmosphere is inhomogeneous and anisotropic, so it's moving around and it's different in all directions. But the necessary antecedent to all gas pressure, be it static or dynamic systems, is closed container. If it's not closed, the high pressure systems move towards the low pressure systems. Same thing when you put your hand on a burning stove. The hot moves into your hand and you'll experience a burn on your hand. If you have a vacuum next to a pressurized atmosphere, the high pressure system, the pressurized atmosphere, would move into the vacuum. So the, an analogy I like to use, it's like asking, can a tire rim have air pressure around it without a tire while in a vacuum? Or, could a tire rim have a pressure gradient around it without a tire in a vacuum? The answer is no. It's just common sense, but it's also law of entry. That's why if you look up uh, pictures of the South Pole, pictures of satellites, pictures of Earth's solar system, they are all cartoons. The heliocentric religion is based on cartoon cosmology, outdated, pseudoscience. Uh, real science needs an observation, a hypothesis, and then rigorous experimentation. You cannot simply observe something and then declare what is happening, which is what we saw here with the ring laser gyro. And if you're going to observe and declare that that is Earth rotation being measured by the ring laser gyro, well then I would ask, well why is Bob Nodell, when he does the test at 14,000 feet, He's experiencing over one degree difference in alleged Earth rotation when he changes altitude at the same latitude. So if you're at the same latitude, Earth should be all moving at the same speed. But when you take that ring laser gyroscope and you move down in elevation, you experience over one degree change in Earth rotation? No, that doesn't even make sense. It's not measuring Earth rotation. It's simply a fallacy called affirming the consequent, where you observe and declare. If P, then Q. P happens, so Q. All that we witness in a ring laser gyro is light moving. We do not witness Earth moving. There's no naturally occurring phenomenon for that. And there is no independent variable for that. So when Team says that's an experiment, he is wrong. He is scientifically illiterate. He doesn't know what an experiment is, OK? So those are my two main points. Earth doesn't move. 
And without a barrier, we wouldn't have a pressurized atmosphere. Not sure if that's around 10 minutes, but do I still have some time? Steven, do you know? Um, About one more minute. All right, great. Um, he said an accelerometer proves gravity because there's a 9.8 meters per second acceleration downward being measured. All agree things fall at 9.8 meters per second, but the problem with gravity is that Newton never formulated a hypothesis, which is required for the scientific method. And then that evolved into bendy space-time, which is Einsteinian um, theoretical physics, which has no practical application to reality. So thank you for With my that, time. Thank you very much, Nathan, for that opening statement. Now we will go into the part that makes me feel the most nervous and excited at the same time. This will be the open discussion section. So hold me accountable in the live chat. If I am in any way biased, do call it out. I'm going to try to be as fair as possible just in terms of making sure that each person gets to make their case with roughly the same amount of time. And so thank you very much, gentlemen, for your opening statements. And we will now go into the open discussion time. Great. Uh, you said Earth curves at 24 miles. You could observe it from the other side of the bay at Tampa. I would like to know how can Chicago be seen from 57 miles away. Also, I have six lighthouses here. Well, just Chicago, how can you see it from 60 miles away if Earth curves 0.666 feet per mile squared, according to AutoCAD, Pythagorean Theorem, and Sujita, you would have to have a downward vertical drop in all directions. So if that is happening, why can we see Chicago from the other side of Lake Michigan? I mean, it's already been described and, and proven several times as to why you can see it on certain days. Not every day, certain days. And you, you know this, so there's no point in even bringing up something that's an irrelevant, or an irrelevant observation. That's not even an observation I brought up. I brought up the Tampa Bay one, which was at a much closer distance and didn't rely on atmospheric conditions to make that observation. The observation can be made by anybody tomorrow if they want. They can be made the next day or, or yesterday. It can be made at any time because the observations at that distance, the, the, the atmospheric conditions at that distance aren't really playing a role in the observation that I'm presenting as evidence. So at what that distance do atmospheric conditions play a role? Well, there's, I mean, there's absolute, there's absolute atmospheric conditions that play a role in so they play uh, refraction a role. and, and uh, I mean, their atmosphere, the, the um, miraging that can happen from temperature inversion. Those are different than what I was showing in my in my presentation. So to argue a point that I'm not even bringing up, without you even being knowledgeable or having any evidence to support, you're just making a blanket comment of, oh well, what about this one observation I saw on YouTube? You didn't make the observation. You don't know the guy that made the observation. You don't I've, know I've the. I've been to Chicago. I did the Lake Michigan test. I did it myself. I've been there. Where's also your evidence? What do you mean, where's my, we can pull up my YouTube video of me in okay, Chicago. where's your evidence? Okay, pull, but also. Pull up your evidence of you All right, in here's my evidence right the, here. The anyone visual, sorry, anyone can go on Google Earth, type in Chicago, Illinois, okay? Turn on photos in left-hand column. Find this photo taken from the beach. Am I still sharing my screen, Stephen? Excellent. Find this photo taken from the beach. Download the photo and examine it yourself, okay? So if the Earth's a globe and the size and shape that we've been taught, then only the top 340 feet of the Sears-Willis Tower would be visible from this picture, which is my evidence, on Google Earth. Anyone can pull up. So um, the Willis you Tower the refractive is... refractive index for that day? The Willis you Tower know, is 1,000... You know 1, the, refraction, the refractive index. You know this? 
you're willing to present the evidence of, of visual observation with the evidence of refraction that you're that, that with the refractive index to back up that, that that what we're seeing is something that we should see every day and not just under cer certain circumstances. So refraction is going to cause the Willis Tower to come up above 1,014 feet of curvature. Sure. sure. Why not? Uh, I can actually bring up a video online showing extreme refraction in uh, completely altered atmospheric environments that you would never believe that could even possibly be. We're talking about light bending around uh, objects that's clearly looking at it before the ob before the um, the atmosphere is densed around it by the the pouring of uh, I believe it was liquid butane on it super cooled butane which simulated the environment to being in a, uh, a highly refractive environment and what do you know the light comes was uh, you could colors you can't even see now all of a sudden they're bright bright as fuck like they're right there the whole time but what, what was that? Well, what so, is it? It's refraction, right? Extreme refraction. So, so your argument times. is that we're not actually seeing the object. It's a mirage. No, my argument with that is that you don't have any of the evidence to support that what you're seeing is not a mirage. Well, it has none of the characteristics of a mirage. It has How no do you know? Are you all of a sudden some kind of visual expert? I don't well, think you're a visual expert. Do you know any of the characteristics of a mirage? Do you even know what a refractive index is or how to calculate it? I, I asked, I said it has no characteristics of right, a mirage. Your characteristics. Right, and then you said I'm you not know, qualified. How do you know it does not have characteristics? You said I'm not qualified, right. so You're I was just, just wondering. Making a statement. Back your statement up with, a, with, with proof. Do you, do you know any of the characteristics oh, for a mirage? Yes or no? That's irrelevant. I'm no, it's not. You, because are you, okay. You're saying it was a mirage. No, I'm saying, do you know, how do you know it's not? How do you know, personally know it's not? And then I said it has none of the characteristics of and, a I said, how, and I asked you, how, what are your characteristics of what makes you uh, such a professional at visual observations that you know what a mirage looks like and what it does not look like? Well, do you know what the characteristics of you a mirage are? You can't even are? tell me what a refractive uh, index one, one is second, or how to second. calculate it. Why one would second. I even listen to you one on this second. topic? Just Go to, to the next just topic. To, just to be on the, on the same plane, so the characteristics of a mirage, like if we do, if we're able to kind of hash, thanks so much, if we're able to kind of hash out the characteristics of a mirage, and actually discuss them. Uh, like, I think that'll kind of get more, that'll kind of directly hit the point at, yeah. at the point of the discussion rather than anyone's credibility. Yeah, so, and I'm waiting for team to come up so. with one of the characteristics of a mirage since. Of a mirage, what do you mean? Would, explain to me what you mean by a mirage. There are inferior mirages, there's yeah, well, you superior mirages. What type of mirage do you want? I mean, do you, you want me to give you an example of what I'm talking about or what a temperature inversion is? Well, that's where the light goes into a higher uh, temperature medium. And because of the fact that it's a higher temperature medium, the light bends up so that it appears lower than where it actually is. So what type of mirage is causing the Chicago skyline to hover 1,000 feet behind the Earth curve? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not looking at your screen right now to, to try to visually determine exactly what type it is. I told you before plenty of times, I'll tell you again, if you're going to be providing evidence, then you need to be backing it up with the claims that you're making. If you're saying that, okay, I'm seeing the Chicago skyline, why is that? And I say, well, it's because that we're, we're seeing atmospheric conditions that allow on this particular day, under these particular uh, uh, atmospheric conditions, that we're able to see this observation, that we're not going to see it every, every day. You can't prove me wrong just with one simple observation, one simple picture that you don't even have a refractive index on the picture. You're just saying, hey, look at this picture. Guys, look, it's more than I can see. 
Prove to me that it's more than you can see. Prove to me that there's no way that that's a possibility to occur on the globe Earth under proper, under like ideal atmospheric circum circumstances and conditions. You can't. All you can do is show the picture and go, look, it doesn't look like it's a mirage to me. It has no characteristics. That doesn't work for me. I don't give a shit about your opinion about that picture. Your uneducated and uninformed opinion. Let's, all right, let's go back to Nathan. Yeah. So uh, there's also... Um, 57 miles away, Joshua Nick Nwicki, he's got a famous photo. The news said that it was a mirage, which is basically team's argument. It's not actually there, guys. You can see it, but we're not actually seeing the city. It's just being, the image is being lifted up over a thousand feet above the horizon. But you have no evidence that that happens, that objects could be lifted up over a thousand feet behind an alleged presupposed earth curve that you haven't proven. All you have is things disappear bottom first, and yes, that changes day to day based on atmospheric conditions, and it's because of perspective. And so I agree, things disappear bottom first. It's not Earth curve. We see way too far. You can see almost the entire Chicago skyline. Well, that was a nice attempt at a straw man because I didn't actually say that it was or was not a mirage. I said that you have an uneducated and uninformed opinion, and you're trying to present a piece of evidence that you're just saying, I saw this on the internet and this is my explanation for it. You don't have anything to back up your explanation and that's the only reason I'm saying I'm not accepting your evidence. There, there is atmospheric refraction out there that can cause things like this to happen. I'll have Steven pull up a video right now showing extreme conditions that cause extreme refractions that you would never believe if someone said, yes, I've seen light bend around something, completely bend around a, a small object. We're not even talking about huge distances like the Earth. We're talking about a small propane tank. I see light bending around this propane tank. So yes, we can have that happen right here on Earth under very easily created conditions. Light or an image? Light. Was, was an image light. bent around the propane light. tank? Light. Could you see around the corner of the propane tank team? What the fuck does that even mean? Light, you don't look around anything. Light comes to you and you see the light that comes to you. So if you're bending light around a corner, that's what's happening. The light is traveling in a straight line. It enters into a different medium. It changes its, that's where the, what the difference is, the refractive index. That's why you should know things like this, Nathan. Then it comes, when it enters into that refractive index, that higher refractive index, begins bending as it bends around and it comes back out of that refractive index it starts straightening back out and you see it in front of you when it's not there it's over there it's a good distance over there and it's coming and the light coming off of it is passing through a medium that's causing it to bend towards you yes so, okay. this happens and i can show you right now excellent the atmosphere like is that? hovering the chicago skyline over a thousand feet of presupposed earth curvature have you heard of jay tolan have you Jay proved Cohen. that that can't be done? That's my only question is, have you proved that that can't be done? If you'll put that up here so I can get this. Prove that it can't right. be done and I'll accept your proof. Uh, that's an argument from ignorance. You, you prove that Santa isn't real. No. You yeah. Prove that what I just said, that it explains your observation. You have no proof evidence for what you said You have no happens. evidence for what you said. You just what are you talking about? I just showed you. Pull it up on Google picture, Earth. A picture that you don't even fucking know who took the picture. I went there myself and, and recorded and it myself. You, you went the through videos on my YouTube. Um, um, okay. Did you take the refractive index? Do you know that there is no way for that observation to possibly be possible on a globe Earth? That's the question so, you need to be so asking So on yourself. a globe, based on certain conditions, an image behind a thousand feet of curvature is going to hover up because of those atmospheric conditions. What are we doing here? Hold on, I'm getting him a video right now. Okay, so 
It's hovering. I'm, I'm the Chicago skyline is hovering okay. over a thousand feet of Earth curve that you can't prove exists. I'm telling you that you can't prove that that is not possible. All you're just saying, you're saying, look, you, it's okay. An argument from so if I give you, if when I showed you that blink test, and I just showed you the blink test, right? Where I have a it shows, blink test hold too. on, okay. Where he, he played it, I'm, I was assuming you were watching it. The blink test that he showed showed things disappearing at re relatively close distances compared to what you're talking about. Yeah, third, I have a third of the distance. Mile blink okay, test. so we're talking about things disappearing at relatively close distances, and then you're telling me that this one observation that shows something further than what I'm showing that's being observed. Not only the artistic encounter, who's been extremely gracious and willing to host us, but we've also been very thankful for our speakers. And I do want to give a personal thank you to both Stephen Steen and his twin brother, Tom Jump, as they have honestly been extremely helpful with the tech setup today. And, and I'm very sincere about that. Big thank you to Stephen Steen and Tom Jump, as we had a little bit of a, you know, a lot of tech stuff getting set up. And so we really did appreciate uh, a lot of brain power moving through those guys. So with that, we will move into the next part. Yeah, give me one second. Just turn the camera. No problem. I do want to mention, in case you have not seen, tomorrow we do that epic debate between Matt Dillahunty and Inspiring Philosophy on whether or not there are good reasons to believe that God exists. In fact, that's going to be tomorrow, and the link is already in the description for that debate which is happening tomorrow evening so we hope you can make it there as well as a debate between tom jump which will also be in person and that's with jonathan sheffield on whether or not jesus resurrected from the dead you bet We're having just a little bit of a lag yet so uh if it's possible uh, if anyone who happens to be streaming right now would be willing to switch to their data. If they're using the Wi-Fi, we weren't able to connect to the modem. So if you happen to be using the Wi-Fi right now, it would be, it, it might possibly help reduce the buffering and help us catch up with the video. And for those of you who are watching right now, I do want to remind you, if you're watching via live stream, clicking refresh actually does usually help with the buffering. So as we do kind of catch up with the video stream, that should help as you're watching. Also, on Sunday, still at the Artistic Encounter, who we, as mentioned, really appreciate their generosity, Arun Ra will be debating Dr. Mick Leroy on creation evolution. So all of these debates will be in person. That's Dr. Mick Leroy and Arun Ra debating creation evolution in person here at the Artistic Encounter on Sunday afternoon, as well as in person, Matt Dillahunty at the Atheist Experience Studio with Inspiring Philosophy together in the same studio tomorrow. Uh...
Okay, so, uh, sorry for all that delay, guys, uh, but here we go, and I just want to point this out, and this is why I refuse to accept evidence where people say, hey, look, I saw this picture. Hey, look, I took this picture. Hey, this is an amazing thing. This should never happen if I was on a living, on a, on a ball earth. I should never be able to see this because it's just ridiculous. Well, this evidence right here is going to show you what extreme refraction does and what extreme atmospheric conditions can do to light around an obstruction, a curved obstruction. So please show this. This simulates what the colder environment does, thus increasing the refractive index. You can go ahead and let it roll. You're doing fine. Can you walk us through what's going on here, team? Yeah, well, it's uh, waiting on on the video to to play. Okay, there it goes. All right, so as the um, butane is poured on there, it simulates a, a denser uh, atmosphere, which is PV equals nRT. Temperature and pressure both are the same. Uh, as temperature goes down, the pressure decreases, the atmosphere becomes more dense, and this will, of course, increase the refractive index. So this is what we're seeing here, is seeing something that you should not be able to see unless light actually bent around a corner. This is, and it's simply no magic involved, just simply changing the temperature of the air or the density of the, uh, of the air that the light is traveling through. I, didn't, I haven't seen what you're talking about happen. When, when does that happen? Well, here, you know what? I'll just show you on my phone, so that way there is no question and we don't have to look through it through a stream. Yeah, I, I'm not seeing this object disappear behind the curve and then come back when you pour the butane on top of it. You're not looking hard enough because I'm about to show it to you right now. Let's dip it up to where it needs to be. Okay, I can still okay, see so the object. But you saw the object. It had multiple colors, right? Green, red, yellow. It's not behind the curve. Now. You can't see it behind the curve of this butane tank or propane tank, whatever kind of tank that is. Now watch when, the, when the, it gets poured on there. Tell me what colors you see. How do you know it's not just splitting the colors of the top of the butane tank? Please or just the, watch. The Are you telling me that that's not on the thing before? You can't see it before? You don't see the red just rising up to the top? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the red, but you can't see. You see a small sliver of it. Okay. You, you shouldn't be able to see any of it. You shouldn't be able to see any of it. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Light bent is... Okay, so he, regardless of how much he says I should or should not be seeing it, would you like a, to see it on camera? I don't have a problem with you seeing it. But you didn't take an object that was behind so, the earth curve and bring it back fully visible. Okay, it, so what I've said on multiple occasions, and I'll continue to say it again, until you prove that that's not possible... On, an, on the round earth, I'm not going to accept that it's positive proof for, or, or exclusive proof for the flat earth. Okay. It's not how it works. Well, You've got to pr pr prove to me that it's impossible for that to be an observation that we can possibly see on a globe earth. Then you're working with something. Until then, you're just working with this observation. And like I said, I'm not trying to be an asshole or anything, but it's an uneducated and uninformed observation that you're yeah, just yeah. pointing yeah, out it. and saying this is evidence for how, how big is the earth and how much earth curve should we see? That's irrelevant. Well, how big is it? What do you mean, how is that irrelevant? 
That's a, I just explained to you on why things, why you can see distances further than what you think you should be able to see due to atmospheric conditions. So until you make a more defined question and say, how much should I see on this temperature with this much pressure and at this height? I mean, what, what observation height? You know what? Hey, look down on the ground. Put your eyeball on the ground, and guess what? The Earth, the entire Earth curves away from you at that point. When you make your viewer height zero feet, how high is your viewer height? Of course, how far should I see? How far should we see, Nathan? Tell me. On our model, how far should we see? Well, that's what I'm trying to find out. No, no, no. Tell me. What you're you the one debunking. Model? You obviously know I what I believe, right? I'm trying to learn right? what you're your model me. is. Also, the well, audience might here? not know what, what you your model here? is. What are you doing here? If you're trying to learn it now, what are you doing here? You're I the also one want telling to clarify me that what I believe audience. is wrong, so tell me how I'm wrong. I don't want to talk about beliefs, okay? I want to clarify for the audience, how big is your ball-tilted Earth in space? Uh, it has a circumference of about 25,000 miles. Excellent. So at 10 miles... At the equator, yeah. At 10 or... 10 miles, how much Earth curve should we see, Team Skeptic? See, that's, that's the, the, how ignorant your question is because you're not giving me a viewer height. You're not giving me anything. At sea you're level. Saying, at sea level, okay, so. How much should Earth drop downward in 10 miles uh, there's with a, zero observer there's height, There's an team. equation out there that is. It's eight inches per mile no, squared. No, it's not eight inches per mile squared. Can you please plot out what eight inches per mile squared is on a fucking graph and then show the world what eight inches per mile squared looks like on a graph and tell me that that's what I believe the shape of the fucking Earth is. What do you want me to use? Uh, AutoCAD, Sagita, or Pythagorean Anything, theorem? Anything. Any goddamn thing out there. Just plot out the fucking, plot out what eight inches per mile squared. Let's see how mathematically literate you sure. are. Sure, which one do you want me to use? Sagita, uh, Whatever you want to use pick whichever one you want plot out on a graph what the graph looks like at eight inches per mile squared please and show the people of here how smart you are and how that's what i believe the earth looks like okay so you're about to look dumb as fuck by the so way according to sajita at 10 miles we would see 66.69 feet of earth curve according to pythagorean theorem according to according to according to do the fucking math nathan plot it out i ask you to do something Plot out that particular equation on a graph and tell me that that looks like a globe Earth. I, I just asked. Graph at it. 10 at, miles. Plot the graph. Plot the graph. I just asked hold at on, 10 miles. Hold on, please, everybody, please, everybody. Yeah, hold I just on. asked at 10 miles. How much plot Earth it out. Plot out the graph. No, plot out what you just said. Eight inches per mile squared. Plot that out on a graph and tell me that yeah. I believe the Earth looks like that. Please. Okay, so at 10 miles. Um, you did a blink test at 24 miles. Do you? I didn't do it. Red's rhetoric did. Yes. And time out. Do you know what the uh, shape of the fucking graph is going to be at eight inches per mile squared? So the blink Are test. you that literate in math? <laughs> wow, dude. The blink You're test. here to prove well, me wrong. Well, Are you that literate? Let's, let's give Nathan a chance to make his case. Yeah, the blink test. How much earth curve did we view on Red's rhetoric blink there test? There wasn't a measurement of how much earth curve was there. What was measured was to show that it, when you get up closer and you don't have the obstruction and you compare those two things, it's quite obvious that something is in the way when you're 24 miles away that's not in the way when you're just across the bay. Well, did the bay have waves? They weren't even in the fucking picture. They weren't even, though, the, the waves doesn't matter. What, do you even understand how perspective works now? Do you even understand that if you're looking, and okay, I'm going to explain something to you for everybody that's dumb enough to use this argument of perspective. When your eye level is this high for something, no matter how fucking far away it gets, for something to obstruct it more, it has to be above that. Do you understand that? Not necessarily. No, yes, absolutely fucking necessary. No. It's in the goddamn graph right there. Depends on your angle so of attack. Let's, let's. 
pure <laughs> Just relax, bro. It's okay. I'm not cartoon globe related. I want you to prove I want you to graph it out right now. A chance just to so if you if you do have a depiction of the graph, oh, thanks so much. If you have a graph no, I was just we asking can, Earth curve at 10 miles. If it's a ball, like he said, 25,000 miles around, you can uh, plug I'll it into AutoCAD. At 10 miles, on, there one, should be a second. vertical drop. Yeah, please stop interrupting while I dismantle your globe religion. Okay? So at 10 miles, the Earth should drop vertically if we're on a globe. No matter what, okay? The Earth would have to drop vertically, tangent to your feet, if the Earth is a globe. We do not observe a tangent vertical drop to our feet anywhere. That's why you can see Mount San Jacinto from 123 miles. You got a 20 mile blink test, I raise your 20 mile blink test to 123 right. miles. Back to what and I was the saying entire at the beginning. Thing, please don't interrupt. We let you rant and run around and dance around and show your videos we'll you, we'll you for quite some time, okay? We'll, we'll give you a little bit. Say, yeah, still so earth curve at 10 miles. An answer. Do we have an answer for how much vertical drop we should see from sea level for Earth curve at 10 miles, Team Skeptic? Do you want me to give you your calculation at 8 inches per mile squared? Because that's so, not a fucking. So I'm still waiting for you. Hold on. How, how, how would you even know? Hey, how about this? I could just make up a fucking number, Nathan. You would have no idea whether I was okay. right or not. Oh, really? Just, yeah, you I could, could just make up, up a number. That's right. And you know what? You know why? Ten miles. One second. One second. Because you're fucking mathematically illiterate. Earth curve there is. One second. Fancy. I think it is fair. Like if I think both sides in in this case have asked like, kind of for the, specifica uh, the specifications for the, the case at hand. And so I think that's okay. So uh, what I want to do is I think Team Skeptic was asking for like specifications, okay. which I, I think is uh, both sides have asked for, and that's a fair question. So we'll <coughs> let him ask the question, and then we'll so come right back to you, I promise. Nathan wants to know what the trigonomic answer, answer to a question is that he just throws out and goes, oh, oh, you can't answer that. Yeah, I don't have a trigonometry calculator on me to do all the trigonomic fucking functions that I can't do in my fucking head because you want to use a basic simplified equation of 8 inches per mile squared. And I'm still at this point asking you, do you, do you even know what the shape is of the graph of that equation? Do you? Yes or no? So you're asking Yeah, I'm asking, me, do you know this? Yeah, it's a parabola. Then why the fuck are you using it? Because it's That's accurate. That's fucking stupid. Because it's, again. Let's give him a chance to respond. Because it's trying to use an equation that's none Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. Because it's accurate up to a thousand miles. How would you even doing, know? Well, because I've got the AutoCAD, the Pythagorean theorem, and the Sagitta right here. Are you telling and me you, you don't know how to do the equations on, yourself? One, one, no, I do. You don't know because I asked you how much curve we should see at 10 miles, and you didn't know. Wait, how much should we see? How much should we see? Do that. No, well, no, don't, don't look there. Tell me how much we should. No, it's easy. Stop six, looking. six, six. Oh, six, six, six. And how did you come up with that, Nathan? I how did you come? Up no, how curve. did you come up with that I number? Think it's flat. How did you come up with that number? What I equation did you math. use? No, what equation did you use? You gave the admit the equation right now. You don't, don't avoid my question. You gave the measurements don't for the globe. My question. It's, it's your measurements. Hold on. You told me it's a globe 25,000 miles around, Einstein. Okay? He, he does, so asking, I used your measurements. He, he's asking for the equation, which I, like it's, seems relevant. So is it, you know, let, let's give him a chance. He's asked for the equation. And Don't look for the answer. Give me the equation. Do the According math for me right now. According to Pythagorean theorem, it's 8 inches per mile oh squared. Oh, God. 
And that's you accurate are up so dumb. And that's accurate you, up to a thousand right, feet. On. That's Again, just an ad hominem. I don't care if it breaks. I don't care if you want to call it an ad hom or not. You're using an equation that does not even is not even here. relevant to I the shape it. of the Earth. Yeah. Jesus. You mean to say that your 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 pizza Earth is flying through space up it like this? Wouldn't that be a, a, a straw man? Wouldn't that yeah. be me telling you something that you don't believe in? Well, guess what? I don't think the Earth's a parabola. You think it's 25,000 miles what? around though, right? I don't, fuck it, I don't think it's a fucking parabola. You, so you stop using these para, parabolic equations and saying, this is what I believe, because guess what? You're fucking wrong. AutoCAD's not a parabolic equation. AutoCAD's a program oh. they use to make engineering parts. Okay, so you don't know what you're talking about. You're just reading numbers from somebody else and believing them, yes? Yeah, but the AutoCAD, yes or no? Are you doing AutoCAD that, yes or no? Matches Are you doing that, theorem. yes or no? No, no, no. You're not, not oh, you did this yourself. Yeah, you can you do this You went out and measured yourself. it yourself? Oh, yeah, I, I believe that. Where's your fucking evidence? You can evidence do spherical trigonometry on a paper. You don't have to go Then outside. why the fuck do you think that the, 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 the sun is where it is in the sky? If you can do all this trigonomic equations, how can you look up in the sky and say, oh, it's flat? Because guess what? The position of the, the, uh, the sun in the sky, with all this trigonometry thing that you're actually saying that you know how to do to prove the shape of the earth and how much curvature and drop it is, those same functions tell you that the, the, where the position of the sun is in the sky makes your position absolutely false. And there's no way to fucking say, oh yeah, the position of the sun in the sky absolutely proves that the earth is flat. Oh yeah, really? We've done the fucking test. Can we get back to earth curve? That's what I'm talking about. Jeez Louise, That's what I'm talking about, Can you relax? And take a seat? No, hell no. Having fun. <laughs> we're gonna give you, we're gonna give I know your global religion's melting. It's 2020, and you still think you live on a tilted cartoon. Straw man to respond. So, if we just like, because there were a lot of questions, fair questions, that, just to make sure that Nathan has plenty of time to respond. The floor is yours. Yeah. So, you can do the math, or you could plug a 25,000 mile around ball, which is not a straw man argument, because that's what you told me the size of the ball is, into AutoCAD. You can use Sujita or Pythagorean theorem. They'll all give you the same amount of Earth curve for up to 1,000 miles. The reason I use that equation is because nobody's doing sight distance observations over 1,000 miles. So if it's accurate, up to 1,000 miles for Earth curve, we can use it for observations being done less than 1,000 miles. I think your sight distance test was 24 miles, which is much less than 1,000 miles. Mine right here is 123 miles. This is Mount San Jacinto, done with infrared. Shout out Jay Tolan. Now the problem with this is that entire mountain in the background should have disappeared behind Earth curve. Now you would. It, it's, it's buffering, so it might. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. So you're saying that 7,800 feet of Earth curve is hovering above the horizon because of atmospheric conditions. Okay, so Mount San Jacinto is 123 miles away. Observer heights 150 feet. The horizon distance is 15 miles. The shore distance, 19 miles. Curvature obstruction, 7,800 feet. Okay? At 123 miles, according to your ball, that's 25,000 miles around. Changes mm -hmm. with the refractive index, let's, does it not? Let's give them a chance to respond. We don't live in a model. And um, the problem with that is if the Earth curve was there, then it would be visible. The problem is it's not visible from anywhere. I've shown you Chicago. I've shown you San Jacinto. I've talked about the salt and sea observations. And all you're saying is, show me a refractive index. So you're of the opinion that the atmosphere is causing Mount San Jacinto, which is behind 7,800 feet of Earth curve, over a mile of Earth curve, mm -hmm. that the air is raising the image 
of the San Jacinto. So we're not actually say seeing the mountain. The image. No, it the image doesn't get raised. It bends. The light bends around the, bends the, around the, the curve of the corner. And to you, from where you're looking at, you see the light coming from that direction. When it's not, it's coming from that direction. And it's going in that direction. And it's being bended up like, bent up like that towards you, and you're seeing it. Now, if you can show me where that's not possible, show me it's not possible. I don't care about your observation that you just say, oh, this must be. I don't care about your must be's. I want your empirical shit. I want you to say, this is why this is absolutely impossible on the globe earth. And then you got an argument. Then you got a case. Until then, you're just blowing air out. Yeah, making so, everybody fucking see how dumb you are. So my argument is that water is a natural level. It's a property and of hydrostatics. So that's why we see too far is because water is a natural level. They teach in school 70% of Earth's surface is water. And? And all water at rest, which is the study of fluid statics, says the surface of the water will be horizontal and level to its container. So all water you've ever seen, whether it's in a cup, a bowl, a bathtub, a pool, or a lake or an ocean, is one, contained, that's and two, That's great, bro. Great observation, talking, but what does that have please, to do with the Earth? could just relax, team. Yeah, we'll just give, relax, we'll please. You, we'll give you a little bit more. I know. I'm sorry. And then just, yeah. because it's, just because it's a lot of information. I, I was just saying water's level, and it's you, a property of hydrostatics. Saying it and saying it and, and saying it. And the surface is a natural. You were saying it ad nauseum. Let me answer hold to Hold on. Sorry. I, I want to let Nathan, I want to let him finish. I, I was just saying that I, I don't want to give you too much longer because it's, it's a lot of information, Yeah. both for the audience and, and even for team, like everybody up here, all the information to like process. So keep going, but... Yeah, so water's a natural level. You look at water at rest. It's called a specular reflection. There's no light diffusion on the surface of water when you look at the reflection of something off a calm body of water because all bodies of water at rest are perfectly flat. So that's our, whole, our, our nail in the coffin right there for the globe model. There's no downward vertical curvature. You see how upset he gets when I ask how much downward vertical curvature there should be because he knows it doesn't exist. It's not there. We can't find it, find it, we can't measure it, it's not observed, okay. and it's not observed in a specular reflection either. So, specular reflections, there's no light diffusion team, if you could respond to that. I, sorry, I was listening to somebody give me some information uh, on the No worries. Uh, Do you know what a specular here. reflection is? Uh, go ahead and, and tell me what you think it is, and I'll just listen along, and okay. I'll, I'll talk about it if I know what, what you're talking about. Go ahead. But hold on, you've been talking for a minute. Let me address some of your arguments for a second. You haven't... Hey, you know what? You said, have, has, has everything not been addressing what you've just brought up? Have, have I not brought up a point you against what you... You haven't anything about what I just said. Uh, any, yes, I have. Your, no. your observation You're of the opinion just, that 7,800 uh, feet of Earth curvature yes, is... Yes, uh, the, the what's the height of the mountain, please? Will you please uh, t talk about the, uh, the tallest part of the mountain, the height of the mountain? Yeah, no problem. It's about 9,000 feet. How much? Let me look. I have the exact numbers right here. One second. And how much uh, was supposed to be according to your eight inches per mile squared calculation? Mountain height, 10,800 feet. Observable okay. height is 150 feet. Curvature obstruction for your ball, mm -hmm. that's 25,000 miles around, that you told me mm -hmm. you believe in. Yeah, okay. 7,800 feet. So there's still 4,000 feet above that you're supposed to be able to see without the refraction? There's 4,000 feet of, the, of the mountain that you're supposed to still be seeing without, or 3,000, right? 3,000 yeah, 3, to, to about 3,000 that you're supposed to be seeing without refraction. Not just because it's a, it might be an optimally, um, optimal day for refraction. The atmospheric conditions might be possible to see even more of the mountain. 
That's not possible, though, even with the video I just showed, right? But it's, it's absolute proof that the Earth must be flat. Hell right, fucking got no. World record. We got the world record Bardet Krenz photo. It's 270 miles. So are you saying that atmospheric conditions are causing the Bardet Krenz mountain to hover above Earth curve? 50, I don't know. Throw out another goddamn observation you have, you're completely uninformed on and let me see what you have to say about it. I have all the numbers here. Okay, huh? well, let me get to a point that you've made since you keep making these dumbass obser uninformed observations where you don't have refractive index. You can't tell me that it's, a, it's absolutely not supposed to be seen on the globe Earth. All you can just say is, oh, but look, this is so much further than what my in completely incorrect calculation has to fucking say. So let me go ahead and start reading off some of the shit that you brought up. Okay, so you said that... Um, the atmosphere must increase in velocity. Well, what kind of velocity there, Nathan? Would you, as it goes up in the sky, is it linear velocity? Is it angular velocity? What type of velocity is it supposed to like, go so dramatically high, much higher as you go up? And how much more should it go at, let's say, two miles up? How much faster should the atmosphere? So tell me first to find what kind of velocity you're talking about as it goes up. And then second, tell me how much faster it's supposed to be so I can show you exactly where you're wrong. So you're of the opinion the atmosphere moves with the Earth? They both move around the Earth at 15 degrees per hour, yes. They both move They're together. Around the, the, the axis of rotation, yes. So, so the atmosphere is moving with the mm -hmm. Earth. That's what Coriolis shows us, yes, absolutely. Coriolis states that the atmosphere moves separately from the Earth. The atmosphere is not physically attached to the Earth any more than the air molecules inside of your car as you drive are physically attached to your fucking car. Okay, so if it's not physically attached, how does Earth drag it with its rotation? How does your car drag the atmosphere when it drives off? Why, when you begin to drive, you don't feel the air hit you in the fucking face? Well, because the car is a closed container. That was one of my arguments in my opening, yeah, is that we'll you can't have that. gas and pressure we'll without get, a closed we'll container. We'll get to that very incorrect argument in a moment, because yes. you absolutely have this predefined notion of what a barrier must be, and you're absolutely incorrect on that as well. So why do you compare so, being on a ball in space to being in a car? Uh, I, the atmosphere, you don't have to. I can show you a video where there's not, a, where it isn't a closed car and the atmosphere inside of an uncontained system is still moving relative to the frame of reference. Yes, I can show you that. So, that it's not so, completely impossible just because you say you don't get it and it is impossible. Okay, so when you turn on a blender, mm -hmm. yeah. the, the center moves faster mm -hmm. than the outer portion. Okay. You agree? Yes, yes. Okay. So if the Earth has a Coriolis mm -hmm. and the atmosphere moves separately from the Earth. How long, when did this just happen? Do you think the Earth just started rotating last year and the atmosphere was there and they were all stuck in one spot and now the atmosphere just started, or the Earth started rotating and now we got to wait for the blender to catch up with everything? Team, I don't think no. the Earth rotates. I'm trying to That's understand That's your problem. Your Nobody cares about your ignorances. I don't care about them either. We'll it see what does. we get to the Q&A. It does. I showed you with the, with the uh, optical gyroscope. I've show, I'm telling you with Coriolis, there's no way you can describe how Coriolis is possible without talking about the rotation of the Earth. There you would no have Coriolis. So just uh, hurricanes just happen to rotate in one direction north of the equator and in a, another direction opposite of the equator. The weather systems, all weather systems Wait. just happen to, to, to Wait, follow so what Coriolis force, the, the existence of a Coriolis force would pre predict. All of those follow that, but there's no Coriolis force. You have proof of that. So your argument is that storms are spinning. Well, do you have proof of what you just said? Can you stop interrupting me for two seconds? Answer my question. Okay. Do you have proof that there is no Coriolis? Yeah, of course I do. Show it to me. 
you throw something in the air and it comes right back down. To no the shit. Yeah. No shit. Right. Coriolis right. states right. That the Tell atmosphere. Me. What what should happen? What should happen? Tell me. I'm about to. No. No. Tell me what should happen. <laughs> yeah. Coriolis states that the atmosphere moves separately from the Earth. So, so if you look at Neil deGrasse Tyson's Twitter, he says that field goals are made or lost based on the fact that a ball is flying in the air, the mm -hmm. atmosphere, the second reference frame from the moving ball Earth you believe in. Okay. Okay. So you're so using Neil deGrasse still, Tyson as your evidence. Hold on. Let's, let's I'm explaining how Coriolis works. Okay. okay well, Neil get to DeGrasse a point. Tyson, Stop trying to be so dramatically long with your descriptions. Just get to the fucking point the so Earth, I can tell you how you're wrong. If the Earth has a Coriolis, mm -hmm. objects in the atmosphere would experience a Earth rotating underneath mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. That's what the Coriolis is. Okay. And we experience none of that. So every sniper out there says that, that when they say that they're looking at a target. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Let's the sniper about argument. That. Because I, yeah. can bring up a, I can bring up a sniper on here that's a, a sniper on the internet that says when you fire in the direction of rotation, your target will drop relative to you. Relative to your fur, to the into the way you're firing, and when you fire Wait. in the opposite direction, your target will raise. So, so mm -hmm. it's dropping or raising based on the rotation. Yeah, isn't that what earth. you just fucking brought up about Neil okay. deGrasse Tyson? How long is the? Do you even um, understand what the po whole purpose of what he said right, was? Let's, let's give him a chance. How long is the uh, sniper bullet in the air for? Less than a second. Who Would fucking you, cares? Well, Would sniper, you have no idea that, that you don't. Are you just making an assumption on a video that you haven't watched just to support your narrative? Can we? Because you know what? The, you don't know how far sniper bullets go. Sniper bullets that are shot at relatively short distances don't necessarily take a Coriolis into account. But if they are shooting at great distances, which is usually done on a range, they absolutely do take it into account. Right, and I've so got video to show it. Let's, well, let's give them a chance to respond, and then we can come back to the video. But go ahead, Nathan. So this gentleman's argument is that in a split second, the Earth rotated under a sniper bullet. Well, my question to you is, does Earth rotate under drones, helicopters, hot air balloons, or airplanes traveling west to east and east to west? Of course they do. Do you understand that conservation of momentum is a thing? Do you understand that in aerodynamics, when now, you have aerodynamics and you put an object that is an aerodynamic object that is controlled flight, it uses the air around it to control its flight. Not the ground beneath it, the is air around it. So if it gets balloon? into the air and the air just starts taking off in one direction, guess what? The fucking drone isn't just going to sit there and experience the air going around it unless it has a sensor that aligns it to the ground. No, it's going to think that it, its frame of reference, which is the pocket of air it's in, is completely fucking still and it's just going to go right along with the air. That's how fucking aerodynamics works. That's so, how come when you take a helicopter and you go above a spot, it's going to rotate at 15 degrees per hour inside of the atmosphere not because of the ground below it but because of the atmosphere that it's inside of so the helicopter rotates at 15 degrees with the earth is what you're saying yes okay so why doesn't the sniper bullet do that what are you talking about it does conservation of fucking momentum you're, you're you just adding said earth rotated under the sniper bullet right rotate listen if you jump up and down right now the earth rotates underneath you do you agree with that what? In, in my model, when you jump up and down, you, just because you don't understand it doesn't mean anything, okay? When the bullet is fired, the bullet is ballistic. Do you agree with that, yes or no? So the Earth moves Hold under on. you when you Hold on. Agree, agree yes or no. Quit trying to avoid my question. Wait, you just said you know I'm about to prove you. you wrong, so answer the question you said or the don't. Earth moves do, under you, you. do you understand that when the bullet is fired, it's ballistic? 
Do you understand that? Yeah, like a ballistic. Do you could understand you, that when the bullet you, is fired, it's ballistic? For the audience, please. So it means that, that it's not here. powered. It's okay. under its own fucking power. It's been shot out, and there's nothing else to, to, to guide it or anything, okay? It doesn't have power flight. Just like flight. my water bottle. Toss it in the air. Toss it in the air. That's fucking ballistic right there, yeah, okay? Did Earth rotate under now, it? Now, yes, it did. And Earth rotated yes, under it. it at 1,000 miles per hour. You're ignorant. No, 15 degrees per hour. We're not at the equator, are we, jackass? Okay, so wait, 15 degrees an hour, right? So we live on a ball, which is That's why you don't understand what you're talking about because you make dumbass comments like that. Right, so 15 degrees an hour. Yeah. Right? Uh -huh. So Earth's allegedly 24,901 mm -hmm. miles around. We allegedly have one day, one 24-hour day. Mm -hmm. So Earth's allegedly traveling approximately 1,000 miles an hour, or what you call 15 degrees. Okay, so if you're driving in a car at a thousand miles an hour and you flip a coin up, is the coin gonna come right back down, Nathan, or is it gonna hit the dude in the back seat? If you're in a car that's not moving at all and you flip if a coin If you're in up, a car that's moving at a constant thousand miles per hour and you flip a coin up. Exactly. So what's your fucking point right now? What's your point? You're the one that made the point about tossing the bottle up in the in the air and saying, Is yeah. the earth rotate? Yes, it is. Wait, is so the is the earth rotating under the bullet when it's ballistic? Yes, it is. So if but I guess fire what? a sniper bullet if, in the car. It, yeah. So whatever, let's say Will there be a Coriolis? Okay. If you what? If you fire a sniper bullet in the car? Because that was just your proof a minute ago. You said you, earth rotates I, I, listen how under stupid a sniper you are. bullet. Yes. Listen to how stupid you That's are. That's just an ad listen hominem attack. Dumb, You're the one you double speaking. No. You're the one who says earth. So with that, we will be going into the Q&A. Thanks so much, everybody, for your questions. I'm going to work through as many as I can get. We, uh, given that we have had a kind of a up and down connection, we are going to try to make this, uh, we'll try to get through as many as we possibly can. I can't promise we'll get through every single question and forgive me. If, if we don't get through your super chat, I'm very serious. Uh, if you do want kind of a, like a refund, uh, shoot me an email if you've made like a significant super chat hoping that it would get read. You know, we can try to kind of work with you on that as we try to get through as many as we can. So thanks for your patience. The stream appears to be back from what I'm looking at in the live chat. So thanks so much. We appreciate all your questions and here we go with those first questions. So first, I want to say thanks so much for your super chat from... Wow. John Rapp. Uh, let's see. And these, some of these I might have to censor. So let's see. <clears throat> so John Rapp had said, the moon is in Earth's atmosphere. And since rockets need something to push on, we so could have gotten to the moon. Sometimes as I'm kind of idling <laughs> rather than debating. What? He said, so the moon, the atmosphere extends out to the moon. Uh, so we could have gotten there because the rocket would have had something to push off of. We allegedly went to the moon in three days and the moon's allegedly 230,000 miles away. So that means that we traveled 70,000 miles a day, a day, 70,000 miles a day and slowed down in Earth's atmosphere, landed safely, and then came back with no spaceship on the moon to take, or, or space uh, sender to take off from. I mean, if you believe that, and we haven't done it in 50 years, we did it back with the bunny ears on the black and white television, 
You're kidding me, dude. You're gotcha. Thanks yeah. so much. Uh, we are going to jump to the next one, and then we're going to go to an in-person audience question. Uh, Steven Steen says, watching Sexy James live. That's uh, really Woo! sick. Thanks, Steven. We appreciate that. Consistent <laughs> and twisted. Next, higher. we do have an in-person audience question. So thanks so much. We now, appreciate can it. I, can I please say, uh, let me introduce this person. This is Ruben right here. He's a, he's a good friend of mine, but... He's not necessarily a globe earther, so he's not here to troll or anything like that. He just has a question, so I'd like to let him ask it. Okay, so um, I don't know if any of y'all have been to Cabo, but there's like arches, and then there's like a mountain. Or if you've been deep sea fishing in Cabo, that's where it leaves from. So leaving from there and not seeing it anymore, if I were to put on binoculars, could I see that mountain again if it goes under the horizon? Yeah, well, that depends uh, on atmospheric conditions, on if there's waves in the way. There could be waves in the way. I'm talking there about could subtle, be... I'm, subtle waters, subtle waters, letting it go under the horizon, watching it go under the horizon, lowering. Yeah. Because, I mean, essentially, that's what I figure it would do as what everything does when you drive away from it kind of lowers under the horizon. So with it lowering under the horizon, if I were to pull out binoculars, if I could, could I see it? That's a hypothetical. Dude. I, it's hard to answer an hypothetical like that. We can see too far. We can see that if Earth's a ball 25,000 miles around, then there should be a measurable vertical drop of eight inches, roughly besides, eight inches. But per besides numbers, being visual and being a person that has eyes, and you know you're a smart person, and you know with watching, say you're on the boat, and you can have binoculars, you can have every kind of meter that you want to, and you're watching the mountain go below the horizon completely below the horizon and you yeah. pull out your binoculars yeah and you pull out your binoculars there shouldn't be a factor on if you can see it or not there is it's the aperture okay it's the so amount of light being intaken through the optical how much apparatus. of it can you see then if it goes completely below the horizon but hey, he'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll be here for, to answer that question with you. I'll, I'll let you, I'll make sure you get a chance to talk Thank to him about you. that. Oh, and thanks for the opportunity to let the audience. Definitely. And so please do let us know, those of you in the audience, happy to let you ask a question. And so we're going to try to alternate back and forth between the online audience and the live uh, in-person audience as well. So I just want to show them. is yours. Yeah, cool. Real quick. I want to show them. Um, boats disappearing over the curve I've got a slide for that and um, one second guys all right here we go so I don't know where homeboy went but this is a boat there's a buoy there on the ocean completely visible but when you take the camera p900 or p1000 and you zoom out it completely disappears you can't see it anymore so nothing disappears due to earth curve it's due to atmospheric conditions angular resolution limit smog dust smoke inferior superior mirages there's lots of reasons things could disappear but it's never earth curve okay because one we see too far and yes, the objects in the horizon that have disappeared, if you zoom in on them, they're still there. Now, you can't zoom in infinitely because telescopes, binoculars, our eyes all obey the laws of perspective. But telescopes and P900s and P1000s have higher apertures and can let in more light 
than the human eye. So when the human eye says, oh, that boat's gone, it's gone over a curve, not according to a P900, not according to a P1000, not according to a telescope. That's my answer. Gotcha. One second. Just to, just, just to get through as many questions, I know that there's... We're, we're, we're definitely going to, we're going to go, we're going to kind of go back and forth between. So next one is Alan H said, ask Nathan how GPS works on a flat earth. Yeah, just instead of global positioning system, just pretend it's ground positioning system. They've got over 600,000 towers in the U.S., 6 million towers worldwide. There's no reason to believe that your cell phone's working because metal boxes above your head fall in a circle. Any box above your head that is falling, move out of the way. Cause just real quick, uh, you know what? I'm just going to go to, because this is what I said, google.com images of satellites in space. There we go. Now here we go, James. Pick, which one of those is real, James? Or do those all look like cartoons? Just be honest, as a moderator, are those, any of those real or are those all obviously cartoons? I honestly, I'm, I'm not saying this just to try to play, what's the word? Um, neutral, but I, like, I'm, I'm not sure. Team, for are some any of, of those real? I mean, I don't know. I mean, do any of them look real, or do they look obviously okay, so, fake? So here's the thing. Graphics are so good right now that even if I thought they looked real, they could be fake. So my, what you're trying to show is, okay, let's say like this. Let's say 10,000 pictures of satellites exist. Let's just imagine if 10,000 pictures of satellites exist, how many millions of pictures of artist renditions of satellites or people who just... Oh. Up or, or put them in with You're right. Maybe I should so, write real on, no. images of satellites in space. Yeah, All right, now I put in. Here, I put in. That's exactly. What I put in real images. I put in real images. Because that's the Please. point I was making. I, I put in one real second. images. Which one's one the second. real one, dude? One second. We we uh we really do. Trigger, dude. We do have. Trigger me timbers, dude. One thing. One thing. We we actually are we are losing a a connection. So. We, it looks like people are having a lot of difficulty hearing what's being said. So we look like we're back. So we will try to get through just a few more questions. Any other live in, okay, you bet. I think I saw your hand first. Sure. Uh, I got a question for a skeptic. Okay, yeah, so sure. how can you explain stars? Because I look at the sky quite often and I see the same stars year-round sure sure and so okay that the, the question is how do we say the see, see the well, had, yeah 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 uh, okay great great if you have a axis that you right. i should see different stars constantly and, and we do uh, throughout the year we see yes. different at, at the same time let's say we look at solar midnight every night we're going to see a progression of the sky moving as we go around in our orbit we will see that so that six months later we're looking in the opposite direction at a whole different set of stars in the sky. It's all still the same stars that are around us because now the stars that we saw six months before in the nighttime are actually, we can see those in the daytime, we just can't see it because our star is up there. Our stars, the light's so bright from our star, we just can't see those stars that are in that side. From Let's say from me and you looking at the surface of Earth looking up. And we can see it at night, let's say it's clear night, no uh, light pollution, no anything like that. We look up, we see stars in the sky. Now, the stars we're seeing in the sky are not in, like 
infinitely across the galaxy. What we see with our, let's move the microphone in front so that the audience can hear in, on the live chat. <clears throat> the stars we see in the night are relatively close compared to the rest of the stars in the universe. So now let's take this dinger for instance, okay? And we're gonna say that this, this dinger represents the bubble of which all, the, all of the stars that I'm talking about are in. Now let's say we're gonna say that all the stars that are in our night sky, all the stars that are in our night sky are located just right here on this dinger, mm -hmm. right? Now if I take this thing and I just ah, I throw it out there and I say at any point in time, you stop time and you go grab that dinger right in its position and you look down at it, how close are the stars all gonna be on that dinger? Are they all just for whatever reason, are they just gonna migrate to the other side or are they all gonna be right here? Because <laughs> we are in our own frame of reference, our own galactic frame of reference. We're part of the Milky Way galaxy. As the Milky Way galaxy goes in that direction, so do all the stars that are in the Milky Way galaxy. This dinger could be, could be thought of as the entire galaxy with all the stars we see just representing a tiny, tiny spot on that and throw it up there. It's all, they're always going to be next to each other. So always we're going to look out and see stars relative, relatively close to us. Just like when we drive, if we, you see a fly in next to you and it jumps up and starts flying, it's not having to fly to keep up with you driving in the car. It's just having to fly within its own frame of reference. And if it stays with you, no matter how far you go, you can look over like this and see that fly every single time because it's in your same frame of reference. It's going the direction you're going and at the speed you're going in. Yeah, my question was... Uh, yeah, I mean, I get all that. I get okay. that from that standpoint. But I'm saying I should not see, because we live in Rockwall, and we have a yeah. good picture of the sky. I documented, I see the Big Dipper for three months that we lived there. Same spot, got my neighbor, said, look at this. It's in the same spot. We looked at it, we looked at it, we looked at it. Mm -hmm. Finally, when it became, when winter finally hit, it finally started moving. That was three months out of 12 months. It should have been since we go around the sun in 365 days. I shouldn't have seen that for three months out of the year. Same exact spot. Yep. Well, it depends on your location. On the, it depends on your location on the, on the face of the earth. Um, that Because that, if you're in the southern hemisphere, obviously you're not going to be able to see the northern star, for instance, and uh, the Big Dipper's a part. I believe in the Big Dipper as a, the northern star is one of the, the stars yeah. in that. So typically when you're down at the, in the southern hemisphere, you're not going to be able to see that star. And that right there is a good re is, is, a, is a, a point that needs to be addressed by any flat earther that thinks that the Earth's flat and that stars kind of point them in the right direction towards that, that, um, that belief, needs to ask themselves why can't they see the Big Dipper from below the the equator you know or the, or the north star now exactly. as far as the what you're asking and and it's still the same thing i mean when we go it, it it has to do with the length of the days number one because in the length of the days we don't have a perfect 24-hour rotation i think it's 23 hours 56 minutes and some odd seconds so when, what we say on our clock we don't stop the clock at 23 hours 56 minutes we stop it at 24 hours and that go that's the next day so there's four minutes that then becomes accounted for, and that slightly rotates the Earth each night in, re in relation to your clock. Not in relation to the actual Earth or the sky, but in relation to your clock. So each night at a different hour, you're going to have a different star that's right in front. Not a different North Star, but like a different, like when you're talking about the Big Dipper and you say, let's say a portion of it, like the bottom portion or something. Over time, at the same time of the night, for instance, not changing time of night, but at the same time of the night, that constellation will be in a different spot every single day 
and 365 days will go around and it'll come right back down and be right back in the same spot. And that's, that's a consequence of our uh, celestial geometry and the fact that we actually do rotate. And it does take less than 24 hours to make a full rotation on our axis. If it didn't, then you'd have an argument because when we come over here, if it was a perfect 24 hours, for instance, then six months later, we would always be looking in the same direction. Like noon would then be midnight six months later on our clocks, not, not necessarily like how we uh, see it. Because it is like that if we were to change our clocks to the 23-hour and 56-minute cycle. Then it would be every day we would see solar noon would be at the exact same time every day for every person on Earth. <laughs> I you it, you can Google this shit. Okay. And it says you can see this many constellations year round. It doesn't make a fuck if you're right here, right here, right here. Say this is the fucking yeah, sun. Okay. Okay. We'll okay. Last follow-up question. Okay. And, you know, I, like you say, you only have such a right, right, right. to see. Okay. Right here, sun. I shouldn't see shit that I saw over here or over there. Right here, right here. But we see it all year round. But I see it year round. But you, but that's the thing. You should see it all year round because it, <laughs> you should see it all year round. Well, you should see it all year round, except for there's some that you will that will be visible during the daytime when that you will not be able to visually see. So you, from being on this earth and looking up into the sky and saying, "I don't see this constellation." When it's supposed to be up at noon, isn't really a valid point to be saying. Well, that's just proof that stars prove that the earth is flat. That's just ignorance. Thank you very much. We're gonna we'll go to a, another online question or two, and then I promise we'll go to the next audience question. So thank you very much, uh, Sarah Stupid Whore Energy, as she calls herself. <laughs> Uh, glad to see you. She's Good to a see you, Sarah. She's a troll. Uh, she says, Big Dipper actually does make a small circle on the sky as the Earth turns on its axis. Yeah, every so, night. Okay, I think in that case, she's trying to answer a question rather than ask one. Maynard Saves uh, asks, Nathan, you have answers to every conspiracy theory. Why hasn't the government shut you down or up yet? Could it be because you're just plain wrong? Yeah, I don't know why the government hasn't shut me down yet. You got it. Thank yeah. you very much. We're going to go to a person. Can I answer that question? Hold on. Just to. No, no one asked to, you. I worry that we might go into another discussion section, but go ahead. You're not that important. <laughs> uh, so, Nathan, um, a, que a question and a comment. The, the question is, why uh, explain moon phases and why does everyone that sees them see the same moon phase exactly at the same percentage at at the same time my second is a comment I don't care what you think I do care what you say because your ignorance and arrogance is on, a wait, disease oh man okay fine yeah. Anyways, Sorry. it was hey, gonna be a good one. Okay. Join all the other trolls in my comment Lotar. section. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll get blocked. Cool. You'll get blocked. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. Keep your feelings to Called yourself. This isn't a dating distance. show. Okay. Second, I don't care second. how you right. feel about me. Just a second. Just a second. Okay. So, God, dude. Uh, I, what I a joke. Was, I think there was a question. Yeah, he uh, wanted to know how moon phases work because he thinks moon phases prove we're on a spinning tilted ball. Okay. The moon is its own light. The light is putrefying. 
them. They said, why you can't zoom in on the sun or why can't you zoom in on the sun once it sets? You can. Daryl Marble showed that in his presentation when we flew to South Korea and spoke about Flat Earth in South Korea. So if you want to see that happen, look up Daryl Marble's video when we flew to South Korea. It's in there. Next question. Gotcha. Any other in-person questions? Gotcha. Uh, Team Skeptic, can you please tell me what your evidence is of the distance of the sun to, in relation to the Earth? Yeah, uh, okay, so um, there's an easy way to calculate. Well, it's not easy if you're not very well mathematically informed or if you don't have the proper uh, astronomical viewing devices. But if you understand how, um, like, the, our celestial geometry, you can then use the orbits of, of planets like Venus to calculate where your position is relative to that planet. And then you can also use Kepler's laws of motions to use the observations of Venus to determine its distance from the sun. <sighs> Using all these, all these observations and applying just a little bit of mathematical you know, trigonometry, you can then begin to calculate distance to the sun using objects in the sky. There's other ways of doing it by using you know, sticks and shadows. That's, a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people like this guy don't like that, but it is a way of doing it because it's a, if the earth is shaped a certain way, then there should be a certain observation. And if the earth is shaped a different way, there should be a different observation. The same thing goes, look, if, you, if you're out there and you're a flat earther, and I'm sure you've got 10 flat earth friends around the globe, okay? You got 10 flat earth friends around this, this amazing globe. You guys can test this for yourself. You can go and you can put sticks in the ground and you can each tell each other what the, the, the angle of the shadow is. The angle of the shadow doesn't tell you the length of anything. It just tells you where the sun is in the sky. Now go plot that out, okay? Lay down a piece of paper, take a string, take anything. and Those works on both models, a flat earth and a round earth. Any comment on that? Yeah. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is somebody who's an educator and entertainer. And a lot of times he'll say things that can... Uh, that can be misinterpreted by people like you and misused by people like you. The idea is this right here. You take two sticks on a flat earth, you can't tell anything. Hold on one second. You take two sticks on a flat earth, you can do, make any two observations and say, yes, these match. But you add a third stick, you come to a problem. You add a fourth stick, you get an even bigger problem. You add a fifth stick, you get an even bigger problem. Using the stick method alone is not going to give you any valid data as long as you have one stick. It's once you start adding more sticks, once you start increasing your data points, then you can get a true understanding of what you're actually dealing with. Go check out the video we did with Sly Sparkane and all the people across the planet. I'll even give it to you. I will stop calling it a globe for all you flat earthers out there. I'll call it the planet. We did this. We did the, 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 the observations. We plotted the observations. And we came to one conclusion. The earth is not flat. And any, it's a glow. Were there any assumptions? Like the no, the no sun? assumptions. Zero, zero assumptions. We just measured the position yeah. of, the, of the sun in the sky. Yeah, where's the refraction second, index for each individual observer? One second. We're, we're going to go with... Oh, no, uh, your refraction, refraction is taken into account on all that. The deal with refraction is this right here. When, when an object is coming in... Well, uh, Hold on a second. One second. Okay. One well, second. we have it. We have it online. You can, you can definitely look. Sly Sparkane, go on his channel. We plotted everything out. We even have all the data points for anybody that wants to check it out. See how we plot it out. It works go on there and watch it yourself. I'm not going to say what's all. I don't know what's all the data that's on there to answer the question 
honestly, but I can tell you that all the data points that we took are on that individual uh, video. And if, you're, if you feel like the video is in any error whatsoever, please make a video or, or comment about it because we've already, we put it out there just as an open thing. We didn't ask people to make an assumption of anything. Just take a measurement of where the, sun, the position of the sun in the sky is and send it to us and we plot it. Gotcha, thanks so much. Another, uh, might have to, might be abbreviated as we do just a few more. Mikhailion, thanks for your super chat. They said, I'm a marine engineer and electrical engineer with extremely high degrees and am one of the few people to quote unquote circumnavigate the supposed globe. Why does the horizon always rise to eye level no matter the elevation? It's flat. Whoa. Okay, so um, we've already done the test as well. Uh, go to Sean Hufford's channel. He did the test himself. Uh, not to mention, Wolfie6020 does this in his airplane at extremely high elevations where they can plot the eye level, and then as the plane goes up, you can watch the horizon drop from eye level. But you don't need to go to a plane. You don't need to trust some international pilot or anything like that. You can simply go to Sean Hufford's channel, and he did it himself with a drone. You can also go into the uh, Burj Khalifa, which I know all of us, we can't really do that from here, but at the Burj Khalifa or any tall building, you can go down and at ground floor, you can witness the uh, the sunset and then you can jump in the elevator go right back up and sure enough that sun comes right back up you can watch a second sunset gotcha. thanks so much appreciate it team next up maybe just one or more one or two more so any other in in-person audience questions otherwise you bet we check that you got me all right Okay, Nathan, I honestly, I don't care what you believe. I don't. I do care why you believe it. So my question is not going to be on the science. My question is going to be on where you're coming from. So if I understand correctly from the things I've seen of you, uh, the videos I've watched and the interactions I've seen you have with other people, you have a predominantly faith-based worldview, correct? Not at all. Because the pamphlet that you handed me, that, the, the Christian pamphlet that you handed me, that proposed that uh, you handed that to me directly at uh, the flat earth convention. You actually handed one to me. I saved it. So that, but that proposed your faith based worldview that where a, you're, where you're driving your information about a flat earth. And I was a Christian for 10 years and I thought the earth was a globe the entire time. So you're saying that, so you're saying that as a, but you still hold that, that religious view, viewpoint. You're still a Christian is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm Christian. Okay. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, but your so your worldview is faith based. Okay. Yeah, well, this is where you're driving the, the base points of your everyone's, so that, so everyone's worldview is faith based. So that everyone's it, worldview is not. It's, it's demonstrably When you not. wake up in the morning, do you look Stay at the floor before so you put my your question, feet down? My, so my question, Nathan, is this: You don't care what I believe, so why your worldview. I care why you believe. Okay. So what yeah. I'm getting to: Your worldview is faith based. When faith is demonstrably subjective, subjective to each individual, open to interpretation, as we've proven time and time again, as Matt Dillahunty will prove in his upcoming debate. How can you base a scientific, empirical worldview on a viewpoint that cannot be determined by anything other than your own subjectivity? The Bible says test all things and hold fast to that which is true. So I did that, and the earth's not a globe. So that's why I you, believe you didn't the answer earth's the question. not a globe. You're basing an empirical worldview, okay? Yeah, based upon 
you know, you're, you're saying that you're, you're holding an empirical worldview based upon a subjective world. Uh, 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 where you're coming from is completely subjective. No, no. And open to interpretation. I was a globehead for 10 years and a Christian. The only reason I'm a flat earther and a Christian now is because I went out and tested the earth and it's flat. So my belief in a flat earth belief has nothing to do with me being Christian. Yeah, it has only the fact that we see too far, large bodies of water don't curve, Earth's movement's never been proven, all space is fake, it's all cartoons, Globers are just emotional, scientifically illiterate window lickers, dude. Really? So. Really? Well, you know we have an astrophysicist in the crowd that is absolutely lying oh, at wow. you every time you say, oh... We've got Where's the, the astrophysicist? Why isn't he up here debating me? Why would, like, what, give me what a break. What you think it's a he? Oh, I don't know. Well, why isn't she debating me? Because she doesn't want to waste her fucking time on a fucking piece of human trash you like do? you. But you do? Hey, I'm a, I, talk for, I talk for people you. like her. Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate you wasting the time on me. That was fun watching you dance. Next up, thanks for your super chat from Jimmy. This is the uh, last question we'll have. So they asked... Nathan, uh, to explain the Game of Thrones style ice wall. So, Nathan, uh, I'm not sure what they're referring to. If if there's yeah, a so basically, guys, I say this all the time. They put the truth in movies and on the radio, and they put the lies on the news and in the textbooks. So, The Matrix was a documentary. The Truman Show was a documentary. We all live in a yellow submarine. The wheel in the sky keeps on turning. The fool on the hill sees the sun going down and the eyes in his head tell him the earth spinning round, okay? So there's lots of truth in TV. There's no truth in the textbooks. You're better off learning where you live from Game of Thrones than Team Skeptic. You're going to go uh, from there. Just want to say, say a couple of things. Want to say a couple of things. First, thanks so much. Artistic Encounter has been extremely gracious. We really appreciate it. They have not asked for anything. Um, so, uh, completely for free have hosted us, which is just extremely generous. We want to say thanks so much to our speakers for taking their time, who have also said completely for free that they'd be willing to do this. So we really appreciate them as well. So thank, thank you very much, Nathan and Team Skeptic. And also, thanks so much for the help with the setup from Tom Jump and Steven Steen. Uh, thanks for your questions. I'm so sorry if we didn't get to every question. Uh, we definitely appreciate them, though, and want to say thanks so much for your support, as this channel really, uh, it really is kind of your channel, folks. And we want to say thanks so much for all of your help. Uh, thanks, everybody, for being here tonight in person. It's been a true pleasure. So with that, take care. Keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.